Thank you for joining us for Working Through the Word, a ministry of the Richmond Church of Christ. Let's join our pulpit minister, Mike Johnson, as he brings today's lesson. I have to say in the beginning that that song made me think or wish, not about wish, but at least desire not to have been here at that moment. That's it. The Diana singing. I absolutely love that singing down in Tennessee. They rewrote the words to that song to talk about coming to the Diana singing. There will be 3,000 people sitting out in a field. Uh, there'll be a, there's a pavilion there, and they sing all night on a Friday night and on a Saturday night twice a year, and they sing that song about come to the Diana singing, and all the bass says, meet me there, and it's really cool. So if you've never been, there are some people here who have been with me. You need to go. It is one of those um, bucket list things as a Christian. If you enjoy gospel singing, you just need to put that on your plan someday. And I, right now, will volunteer to drive the bus. And, but my only rule is, when I go, unless we have a problem, it starts at 7, and it ends about 5 or 6 the next morning. And we stay all night. So, I'll drive the bus. Sometime, if y'all want to go, we'll have fun. All right. Talk about songs. Living below in this old sinful world, hardly a comfort can afford. Really? Really? We sing it, but is it true? Or how about, I'm satisfied with just a cottage below. A little silver and a little gold. Really? Are we telling the truth when we say that? Lord, just give me a cottage. The bare necessities. Enough to get by. Are we really that honest when we sing those songs? This morning, we dealt with the prophet of salvation. I want to think for a minute about the mentality that speaks about the salvation of prophet. Will I really know when I see materialism in my life? found some interesting facts, at least to me. The number one state in the United States with median family income at $87,000, the state of Maryland. Unless, if you don't have an outline, think in your mind what is the lowest with 46000 State of Mississippi. The median family income in the United States, $64,000. Kentucky, $52. We're number 44 in the U.S. in 2022 for median family 
income. But I don't feel poor. Do you? I don't feel disadvantaged. I know a lot of people who are. But as far as we are concerned, I'm not sure those songs really apply. Because we're able to be comfortable. We're able to have what we need and probably most of what we want. So will I really recognize when materialism enters my life? The salvation of profit is the mentality that the world presents to us and says, if you really want to be secure, if you really want to have it all, if you really want to be at peace and you really want to have comfort, you better make sure that you have physically all that you can get your hands on. I understand the mentality of those that we call the preppers. Okay. I mean, I don't have a problem with any of us being prepared for things that could happen. But I honestly am just not myself concerned of really having an overabundance of all of those things. Do you get nervous when, when the necessities seem not to be around? I don't, I mean, I shop when my wife gives me a list and says, go to the store. So I don't really know if things are fewer there, the shelves are more bare than they've ever been. I don't know, but I hear the statements that they are. That shelves are not as stacked and as full, and certainly the prices have gone up. And so we might get a little bit nervous, but maybe we've all lived through those ebbs and flows. I admit that I was nervous. I was nervous in 1980 because I was a college kid on an internship in Alabama. And we started having a gas crisis. And where they were, they said, these are the days that you can get fuel. And when we lined up to get fuel on those days, you had to sit for a while. And I got a little nervous. I'd never experienced anything like that before. But we made it. Materialism is the word that we use to say... We are emphasizing, focusing on, and concentrating on the physical things of this life more than the spiritual things. That's what we mean by materialism. I've preached in the past an idea that says, in some ways, the, the biggest challenge that we have is being human. And it is. Because we are material. Our bodies are material. 
Everything we're involved in every day is material. We live, should I say it, in a material world, if you catch it. But here's the deal. We can't help it. We're here. We have to live. We have to participate in some way in this material world without being materialistic. But that's been the problem since the beginning of the time. When the scripture opens in Genesis 3 with the first couple, the first temptation and the words that came from her mind and voice when the serpent tempted to eat the fruit, her words were as given to us coming from her mind. She saw that it was pleasant to the eyes, good for food, and able to make you wise. Her first thought was materialistic. I know what God said, spiritual, but this was her first thought. And that's a problem. Later we find not too many generations later, obviously, Esau comes along and he's been out hunting and he came in and he was famished and he bargained with his brother to fix him. He, was a, he must have been a great chef, his brother. Because he said, I'm dying of hunger over here and I'll sell you my birthright if you'll give me something to eat. And the Hebrew writer in chapter 12 and about verse 17 references that event and he says, he sold his birthright for one morsel of food. That's materialistic. That's throwing everything away except this momentary material appetite. Maybe some of the saddest words in Scripture are found in 2 Timothy 4, verse 10. Paul writing to Timothy said, Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world. Previously on two occasions, Paul had mentioned him and praised him for being one of his partners in his ministry work. Do those words ring sadly to you? Right now, are you thinking about someone who has left you or left us? Because they love the present world more than they love God. Isn't that sad? 
This has been a problem ever since people were put here again. The challenge is we are material people in a material world, but we cannot be materialistic. We need to ask ourselves a few questions. If the world says, follow the salvation of profit, it is your bank account, it is your investments, it is your possessions that give you real security. We know that's not true, but we are tempted. If we're going to know, if we're going to recognize the seedlings of materialism starting to creep into our lives, let's ask ourselves a few questions. Number one, What is it that makes you the most anxious? What is it that makes you nervous? That causes you some kind of mental trauma? What causes your stomach to be upset? What is it that makes you have difficulty? I remember the words of Paul in Romans 11 when he said, My prayer and heart's desire for Israel is that they might be saved. He even floated the idea, it appears, that I could even lose myself for them. I know parents who are anxious over the spiritual condition of their children. I know our elders who have anxious moments over people who are not faithful to the Lord. At least, that is the evidence of the fruit that we can see. What makes you anxious? It might indicate the beginnings of materialism. What makes you happy? What is it that puts a smile on your face? What is it that really gets you going? It makes you want to get up in the morning and and do something and, and gives you the kind of energy that you need. For me, it's bang energy drink. How about you? I sort of, not all the way, like you, moved on from diet Mountain Dew. But what is it that gives you that? What do you get excited about? In fact, right here in this area, couldn't we combine those anxious and happy into one weekend? 
The cats win, the cats lose. I remember Austin saying one time to me, Dad, I'm so tired of Mondays being influenced by what happened on Saturday. I get that. Some of us just really can't help it. But the idea is what makes you happy? What gets you going? What is it that you look forward to? Man, what is it? Do you look forward to going to heaven? I can't ever forget the story of our dear Doris Morris. Some of you don't know it. Some of you didn't know her. She was in the hospital many years ago and died clinically. And they revived her. And I was there with Al when she looked at him and said, I'm mad at you. Why did you bring me back here? Can you say that? I don't know if I can say that. Are you ready right now to sign a DNR and say, it's over? When it's over, it's over. Just let me go. I'm ready to be somewhere else. Because that makes me happy. What makes you happy? What is the first thing to be cut when you're having some physical, financial difficulties? Where do you go to find that extra money to pay for the upgrade on that phone that you just really need to have? Where does the money come from to buy that faster internet speed at home so that you can really, really study the Bible online? Where do you find that money? Do you find it in the money that you have said we want to give to the Lord's work at Richmond? Do you find it in the money that you were going to give to a mission work, to a benevolent cause, to a charity that really is helping people? Where do you find that money? What about, what do you do with your uncommitted time? I mean, we all have committed time. We all have to sleep. We all have to work. 
We all have to do the basic necessities of life, but surely there is some uncommitted time that we all have. And at that time, we go, I'm going to do this, or I'm going to do that. And when you start, and when I start going, oh, this uncommitted time this week, I did this and this and this. How much of it was spiritual? How much of it was material? It might help me see the seedlings of materialism springing up. The same would be true of our uncommitted money. The finances that we have that we call uh, the, the slush fund, the I'm going to do what I want to do fund, there's nothing wrong with that. But if there's not ever a thought of giving to the Lord and to His work, when blessed more, give more. Maybe. Maybe there's a problem with my mentality. Sort of like Demas. What do you take pride in? What is it that for you says this is me? What do you want everybody to know? When it's all said and done, how do you want people to think about you? What reputation are you leaving behind? I've heard... Many, but I've heard Titus say it a number of times. You can tell what often people think about by reading their tombstones. What people thought of them or what they left behind that they want you to think about them. What do you want on your tombstone? Paul his tombstone he wrote, I think, in first, or 2 Timothy 4. I fought a good fight. I finished the course. I kept the faith. There is therefore laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which is not for me only, but for all who will love his appearing. Pretty good tombstone. He gave us a number of tombstones that could be given to people in Romans 16 where he told us a number of people and made a comment about them. What is it? When you ask yourselves these questions and you put them on a balance sheet between spiritual and material and you put them on a scale, which way is the scale tipping? Which one is the heavier side? Is it the profit of salvation or the salvation of profit? There are some problems with materialism that we need to be aware of. I'm not saying that I or that you or any of us are 
materialistic to the degree that the Lord is going to say, depart from me, you cursed. I can't answer for you or you for me. But generally speaking, we're here. Our mentality is pretty good. But we need to be aware. Number one, materialism can produce indifference. Materialism says, look, I got all this stuff. I'm good. And the things of God just don't resonate anymore. I know people who are not moved anymore by spiritual things. They're just indifferent. The prophet Amos said in chapter 6 and verse 1, Woe to those who are at ease in Zion. They don't care anymore. Or like the rich man who tore down his small barn to build a bigger one in Luke 12 and 17, and Jesus said his words were, Eat, drink, and be merry. The things of God don't affect me. Materialism brings indifference. Materialism brings addiction. Speaking of caring for widows in 1 Timothy 5, he was talking about these widows and he's talking about the church's responsibility to them. He's also talking about the family responsibility. But he says to some of those and about some of those a principle that applies to everyone in materialism, don't care for those widows who live in pleasure and are dead while they live. They're addicted to the pleasures of this world. And Paul said, Watch out. But finally, it gives false security. The salvation of profit is false security. It just doesn't work. It feels good. It's helpful. But it's a false sense. 1 Timothy 6 and verse 17, Paul was writing and he said to Timothy... Warn those who are rich with this world's goods that they not be high-minded nor trust in uncertain riches. There have been major financial setbacks in our world. You remember when people, because of major financial setbacks, that so many people committed suicide during those times. 
like when the market crashed in the 30s. Happened again in 2000, I believe, in 8. Because they were trusting in uncertain riches. St. Augustine one time said, God has so much that he wants to give us. But our hands are so full, he has nowhere to put it. <laughs> this is not an indictment on anyone, but merely a warning that says, let us be diligent. Let us be aware. Let us make sure that we are running herd on ourselves to avoid planting seeds of materialism. And the ones that are there, let's either uproot them or manage them well because we can't get out of this material world. Because when we drink from the spiritual rock, it's not about a material thing. It's a spiritual thing. I recommend tonight before you go to bed, read Colossians 3, 1 through 11. And let it remind you, remind us, to make the break from the material world, and the materialistic attitude. Otherwise, we may plant some seeds that will cause us trouble in the future. As we all decide to be better, which is why we're here, we all want to be better. I encourage us all in that. But also, if you need us, we're here as we always close, giving you an opportunity to meet with us and our shepherds. Let's stand together. We hope you enjoyed today's broadcast brought to you by the Richmond Church of Christ. We are located at 1500 Lancaster Road in Richmond, Kentucky. We meet on Sunday mornings for Bible class at 9 a.m., followed by our morning worship service held at 10 a.m. Our Sunday evening service is held at 6 p.m., and our midweek Bible study is held on Wednesday at 7 p.m. If you are in the area, we would love to have you as our honored guest. Thanks for listening.